Blog Talk Radio. Yes, indeed. I like to do a lot of stuff. 
So you are a leading activist in the health at every size and size acceptance movements. So for those listening that aren't familiar with the concept, kind of explain what that means. Sure. So um, size acceptance is the civil rights movement that says that people deserve to be treated with respect regardless of their body size. And so as a civil rights movement, it's not a choice, like we're not looking for a show of hands, we're demanding that these are our civil rights and, and we deserve them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Health at every size is a health paradigm where we focus on healthy behaviors rather than body size um, in order to get healthier. Right, and so you do several things to promote these concepts um, by some of the speaking engagements, which engagements which I mentioned. But you also just defy stereotypes with some of the things you do by dancing and being a three times national championship dancer. So tell me more about that. Sure, I had danced really all my life, and then I sort of stopped at the end of college and got back into uh, ballroom dancing, I went to this bar and a friend of a friend said, hey, do you want to take these dance lessons? And I said, why not? And then people said, oh, you guys are really good. You should compete. And we were like, oh, you could compete at this? And so we got a coach. Three months later, we did our first competition. And um, it was really interesting. I got really good um, feedback from the crowd, but a lot of judges were really challenged by my body. And so I had judges tell me they wouldn't give me better scores until I lost 50 pounds. I had a judge once um, sort of corner me and tell me that um, she couldn't stand to look at me because my dress had spaghetti straps and she said my arms should never be bare. And so I sort of worked through that. It was was a really interesting thing that I was – I became kind of a crowd favorite because I'm a total and utter ham. And Mm -hmm. so I would perform to the crowd and wink and just be entertaining to watch. And so eventually those judges came around, but it was a really interesting journey sort of moving through that. So you do ballroom dancing like we see on Dancing with the Stars, that type of dancing? Yeah, I do the country western dances, but, yeah, it's essentially like what you would see on Dancing with the Stars. Awesome, and you've been able to win three championships. Yes, ma'am. Well, that's amazing. And so besides being a dancer, you have a popular blog called Dancing Dances with Fat. Now, are your topics mainly about dancing, or do you cover a wide range of things? I actually talk mostly about size acceptance and health at every size. Um, like I talked today about the the court case that settled where a worker was offered an um, ADA coverage. She was fired because she was fat, essentially, and they said that according to the Americans with Disabilities Act, you can't fire somebody just because of a perceived disability, and so she was offered a settlement. So that's the kind of thing that I blog about. So is is this dances with fat, it's just like a metaphor, but it's not like a dancing blog. It's not a dancing blog. When I first was trying to name it, I, I was trying to make a funny play on words from the movie Dances with Wolves. Uh. So that's how I came up with the name. It's neither funny nor clever, but at the time I kind of thought it was. And so last year you had the opportunity to appear in America the Beautiful 2. Now, how did that come about? Well, I had brought a screening of Daryl's original movie to Austin, his movie America the Beautiful, that talks about the beauty industry. And he said, oh, I'm making this new movie about BMI and how flawed that is in the way that we look at weight and health. Maybe I'll come back and interview you. And, of course, I was like, I thought he was just being polite. So I said, oh, thank you. And then um, last year I got this call and he said, hey, it's Daryl. I'm in Houston. I live in Austin, Texas. He said, can you 
drive up here and do an interview tomorrow. And I was like, absolutely. And so that's how I ended up in the film. Awesome. Did that bring a lot of opportunities to you for being in the film? It's been really cool. I've gotten a lot of feedback from people because it's screening. It's When we started, we started the premieres. We did a New York premiere and an L.A. premiere, and I was at both of those, which was super cool. Um, and then it has just been screening all over the country. There's basically a screening almost every day. And so I've gotten a lot of feedback from that. I've gotten to do some news interviews. My goal is always just to create the biggest possible platform I can to talk about the health at every size and size acceptance movements. And so it, it has really helped with that. Now, speaking of uh, the things you do to, to promote the, the movement, you have a big project going on, which is the Billboards in Atlanta. But before we talk specifically about it, I want to give the listeners some of the backstory about how the project came about. So first, tell us about the Strong for Life campaign and then the I Stand campaign before we get into the billboards. Sure. So um, I saw these these pictures start showing up on Facebook, and they were like, sort of black and white, sad-looking fat kids, and they had um, labels that said, like, being fat takes the fun out of being a kid or it's hard to be a little girl when you're not. And when I first saw them, I thought they were a really bad joke. Mm-hmm. I thought it was maybe the onion or something. And then I found out that it was a real thing, that in Georgia these were being put up as billboards all over the state. And, uh, oh, so and it's not just I, the city of Atlanta. It's the whole state. No, they, it's mostly Atlanta, but there were, as I understand it, billboards around the state as well. Okay. And so Children's Healthcare of Atlanta were the people who started the campaign, and they focused, as I understand, mostly on Atlanta. Um, but, yeah, so I, I got on my blog like I do when I talked about it. I said, you know, we just we need to do something. Um, and at the same time, Marilyn Wan had seen the images and had created this uh, her own little poster where it mimics the format of the images, but instead of saying – because the billboards that were up would say in big red letters across the middle, warning, and then whatever, you know, negative message they had. And so Maryland, instead of saying warning, said, I stand, and then a phrase like against weight bullying and for health for people of all sizes or whatever. And so she put hers up on Facebook and it spread like wildfire, and people started asking could they make their own. And so it became this incredibly huge project where she was getting hundreds and hundreds of pictures sent to her. Uh, to be created into these I Stand posters. And so she created a whole online gallery. It's I Stand Against Weight Bullying dot Tumblr. And, um, and so and you saw amazing. that and you were inspired to do more? Well, I saw what she was doing, which I thought was really cool. And um, I've for a long time I've had this weird dream of having billboards up with, like, these pictures of happy, fat people. Like, I would just like to drive home one day and instead of seeing everyone who looks like me on a billboard being about stomach amputation or gastric bypass, you know, weight loss surgery, whatever, just like some, you know, advertising. Something positive. Exactly. I don't care what they're doing, right, as long as there's something positive. And so I had mentioned this on my blog, and um, Well-Rounded Mama, who's another really amazing blogger, had said, I wish we could come up with some billboards of our own. And I was like, oh, that's it. So the next day I blogged and said, would you guys get behind this? And they said yes. And so we started to prepare it and um, created the Big Fat Money Bomb, which was the day when we asked everybody to please donate on this first day to get a lot of momentum going. Um, And then More of Me to Love, which is a store that sells stuff for plus-size people, came on and agreed to be a corporate sponsor. And 
they offered us a challenge donation that if we could get $5,000 and 1,000 individual donors, they would give us the other $5,000 because we knew we needed uh, one billboard was going to cost $10,000 is what we had been told. So in eight days, you were able to raise $20,000. And yes. this just came just from online, or did you do other fundraising things? It was all online, and we got donations in from multiple continents. There was people all over the world who wanted to support doing something for these kids in Georgia. I mean, I just really wanted a project that would show these kids in Georgia that they were valued and respected at whatever size they were. You know, because I couldn't, it was heartbreaking to me, the idea that these little fat kids were driving by billboards like this every single day on the way to and from school. And I think a lot of that, a lot of people felt that way. A lot of people who were the fat little kid knew what it was like to be bullied like that. And so it really seemed to be something that sparked people to get involved, which was super cool. So after you raised the $20,000 to do the billboards, then you cut off the campaign because you're not currently accepting donations, right? Correct. We wanted to do a really specific campaign, um, raise the money, and then put up the billboards. And so we, we, as soon as we got to our 1,000 donors, we stopped the fundraising. Um, it was, I mean, it was completely crazy how much money came in and how many people were were supporting it, and how many people got the word out. I mean, it was all over Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr. It was super cool. So once you got the money and you were going along, uh, moving forward with the billboard process, how did you pick the people to be on the billboards? And I was lucky enough to be one of the people you chose, but how? what was the process like? I actually, I love your Zoom, it's one of my favorite. So we had Sabrina Wilson, we did a, um, a community contest for the actual billboards because what we ended up doing was we raised obviously more money than we had expected. And the really cool thing that happened was that Alan, who was the guy who was working with us to get the billboards, he was our broker essentially for the billboards, he got really excited about the project and he went and negotiated for us. And so instead of just getting two billboards, we got six billboards and ten bus shelter signs. Oh, so really, Which was, you just thought you were just going to have two. Yeah, I mean, we were hoping for two billboards, you know, like the regular billboards by the highway, um, and we ended up with, like, this amazing six billboard and ten bus shelter package. And so when we had the bus shelter signs, that's when I thought, oh, I wonder if we could use the iStand images that Marilyn had used. Mm-hmm. And so I got in contact with her, and we really looked um, to make sure that we were uh, – using images that were really representative of the diversity of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, people of color were specifically targeted in the Strong for Life campaign, mm-hmm. and so we really wanted to make sure that we were representing people of color well with the campaign. Mm-hmm. And so we chose the I-Stands um, based on representation and diversity and also on, um, to be quite honest, who had a photograph of high enough resolution. So there right. were a lot of That was a major part of it, too. Oh, I I never knew so much about resolution of photographs until I did this project. (laughs) And so have you gotten any feedback about the campaign from the people in Atlanta? We've gotten, I've gotten a couple hundred really positive emails, um, maybe 20 less positive emails, and I sort of correspond with people and try to make them understand that you can't hate people healthy and that people don't, take care of things that they hate, which includes their bodies. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think people's biggest misunderstanding is that they believe that we're not for healthy habits for kids. And mm-hmm. so there's been a lot of explaining that, no, no, we're for healthy habits, 
but for kids of all sizes, we don't want to ignore thin kids either and assume that just because they're thin, all of their behaviors are really healthy, you know. Um, right. And then I was, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say Fox News in Atlanta did a couple pieces about it, um, and so we got some media there. And then we ended up being on um, BBC, picked up a piece, Huffington posted a piece on it, and um, I was on Radio Ireland, which was really fun. Wow. So this campaign has been a major success, wouldn't you say? I am super excited about how it turned out. When we started, when I first said on the blog that I was going to do this, I got a lot of feedback from people saying that it was not possible that because originally we thought we'd have to raise about $3,000 and so people said, "Oh, you'll never raise $3,000. There's no way." Well, it is um, hard to so, raise money in this economy, but this obviously was something people felt very passionate about. Yeah, I just felt like as a community we were ready to put our money behind something and that this particularly pulled on the heartstrings because it dealt with little kids. Mhm. being bullied. And so I I think, you know, it was just the the project itself was a really big catalyst. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited about the success of the project. And so, besides the billboard billboard project, you still have other things going on, and um, you're coming to LA uh, in the next couple of days, right? Yeah, um, I'll be there on Thursday, and then I'm doing a dance workshop on um, the twentieth. And tell me a little bit about the dance shop, um, if any of the listeners want to come in and participate. Well, the dance workshop is going to be super fun. It's three instructors. There's Rhonda Wood, who uh, works with the Fatimas in belly dancing. There's Jeanette DePatty, who is the fatchick.com online. Mm-hmm. And she's a fat fitness instructor who does a lot of, like, dancing with boas and stuff. And then I'm doing a lyrical movement for large bodies workshop. And so we'd like to say that it's for dancers of all abilities or lack thereof, and including specifically the awkward. And is there a cost involved? Um, yeah, it's I believe it's $15. And is there a website to get more information, or is it on your website? Um, it's on my website, or people can go on Facebook to um, NASA LA Dance Class Extravaganza is the name of the event. If they just search that, they'll find it on um, on Facebook. Well, awesome. And is there anything else we can be on the lookout for? Um, one of the projects that I'm doing that I'm really excited about is the Fit Fatties Forum. Mm-hmm. Um, what we wanted to do was create a space where people could talk about exercise and fitness without all that weight loss and negative body talk and calorie counting. And so it's a forum we've got, I, I think, almost 600 members now. With all different, like we've got a group for runners and a group for belly dancers and a group for people who want who want to lift weights and just all different kinds of discussions. But it's fitfatties, F-A-T-T-I-E-S dot com. And we're always excited to have people join who are interested in really looking at fitness from a health at every size perspective. Well, awesome. Yeah, I think you're doing really great work. I definitely uh, will see you when you come to L.A. And tell us all of your official websites for you and for the project as well. Okay, so my website is danceswithfat.org. Um, the Georgia Billboard Project is supportallkids.com. And then my professional website, if people are looking for speaker information or that kind of thing, is sizedforsuccess.com. Well, thank you for being on the show. I will see you soon, and thank you for including me in your billboard project. Oh, thank you for having me, and thank you for all the, the amazing work that you do. I really appreciate all the, all of your work. Thank you, and I'll see you soon. 
Thanks, Shanice. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. And up next on the show is Edwina Gregg. Edwina is a dynamic fashionista that currently balances her spare time between being a plus model, entrepreneur, and on-air radio personality. She hails from Baltimore, Maryland, but since moving to New York in 2008, she has pursued her passion for all things couture. She has strutted down the catwalk during the 2011 Curvy Revolution in 2010 full-figured fashion week in the full-figured and fabulous runway competition. She was a finalist in the Goddess by Juanita Kelly model search and has appeared on the Tyra Banks show. In addition to her role as a plus model, she also co-hosts an online radio show, Chocolate Sundays. Last fall, she left her corporate career to pursue her dream of opening a boutique. The boutique Eddie and Brie launched in October 2011 and focuses on trendy and affordable clothing for plus-size women. Watch out for this multifaceted diva on a runway near you. Let's welcome Edwina to the show. Am I saying your name right? Yes, yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show. So how did you get your start as a plus-size model? I actually, you know, it's a really funny story. I actually started um, at, by doing a mall fashion show in Baltimore. I remember being in the in the mall, and they were doing this casting, and I didn't know what it was about. And, you know, my mom was like, oh, you should go try out. You know, it was for the spring Easter fashion show for the mall. And <laughs> I, you know, had no makeup on. I had on tennis shoes. And I tried out. And, you know, the rest is just history. And so from there, you really got bit by the bug and decided to pack up and move to New York. And so was it a hard transition going from Baltimore to New York? No, you know, it wasn't a hard transition because I always knew that I wanted to be in a big city and a city that had more of a fashion industry. Um, So New York was the likely choice. And when I moved here, I didn't even know that, and I hadn't made up my mind that I would pursue modeling. I actually came here for a a job opportunity in finance. But, um, you know, some things fell into place, opportunities came along, and I think what the New York aspect of, of getting started um, was definitely the the full-figured and fabulous runway competition during full-figured fashion week. So that that kind of reignited my passion in the industry, and, and I've been trying to make a name for myself ever since. So now you have moved into the role of entrepreneur. Are you still modeling, or are you more focused on your new business? You know, lately it's been a lot of focus on the business, but I am still open to to modeling opportunities. I haven't been putting myself out there as much because I want to make sure that Eddie and Bree is in the best position that it can be. And I also model for the site, so that's been good. That, you know, has helped satiate my my modeling needs, so that's been great. But um, I definitely do still model, and I'm still open to a lot of other opportunities that are out there. So you... um left your corporate job, and so now you're working with your boutique and modeling full-time. So what was your biggest obstacle getting everything off the ground with your boutique? You know, I think the biggest obstacle was probably just making up my mind to do it. And that kind of came along because I was moving, and I found this notebook from 2009, Mm -hmm. 
and in it it had all the all these plans for for a boutique. What corner I wanted to be on, what the boutique name would be, what designers I would carry. And once I found that notebook, I kind of was in a you know place where I had to make a decision in terms of finding another position or another job and. I just made up my mind to do it, and I think getting over that fear that a lot of people have in terms of starting their own businesses is is the hardest thing, and I'm glad that I got over that and, you know, haven't looked back. Now, is Eddie and Bree exclusively online, or do you have an actual store? I'm only online. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and so um, did you uh, – want to open this because a struggle of finding things you liked and things that fit well? Was that a big part of you wanting to go into this venture? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that plus-size women definitely have a hard time in terms of the fashion space. I, I felt like a lot of the options we had were either super overpriced for what was being offered or super low quality and, you know, not the best fit. So I definitely wanted to do something that reflected my aesthetic, you know, something that reflected how I like to dress, how I like to be seen out in public. And, you know, it kind of grew from women stopping me on the street and saying, oh, where would you get that? Or I never would have thought of putting that together. And I wanted a business that would help to, to kind of blend my business background with my passion for fashion. And this was the, the logical path for that. But Definitely, there's just a lot, so many shortcomings in the plus fashion industry, and hopefully Eddie and Bree can help serve some of the women that, um, you know, by offering more options. So what type of clothing do you carry? Is it more uh, casual, or do you have some, some of everything? I, there's some uh, bits and pieces of everything. Um, you know, there are dresses you can wear out at night to a nice dinner, dresses you can wear to a party, you know, things, items you can wear to work, thick skirts. So it's a big mix, melting pot, which I do like because I think your closet should be diverse. And it should be, you know, you should be able to find, stock it with items that are affordable, items that you can wear over and over, and, and pieces that you look and feel great in. So I try to offer those things and really scrutinize and select the items very carefully. And what is the size and price range of your clothing? Sure. So I some 12s you know, can fit my items depending on their body type, but probably about a 14 to 24 is a sweet spot. We do have mm -hmm. a few extended size items that go up to a 28. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm still trying to offer a more robust, you know, set of options in that area. Mm -hmm. In terms of the price range, nothing will ever on any Embry will ever be over $100 that we sell. Okay. Um, I'm thinking of adding some designer pieces to the site, but in terms of what we offer in the new and resale space, nothing will ever be over $100 because we definitely want to focus on the affordability factor and make sure that women can continue to build their wardrobes and not have to, you know, go broke with one purchase. Right, and with the way the economy is right now, that's very important to people to be able to have affordable clothing that looks good. Absolutely. So are you looking for models for upcoming fashion shows or photo shoots? Always. So, um, you know, as a plus model, I've, you know, seen things in the business that I always felt should be should be different. You know, I felt that plus models do also, in terms of getting, being plus-sized women and not having a lot of options in the industry, it's even a slimmer um, opportunity for plus models. So I, when I made up my mind to do the business, 
I absolutely made sure that the number one thing is that we showcase plus-size women in the clothing. You'll never see mannequins. You know, you'll never see size 2 models or stock photos or anything of the sort because it's really important to for us to show our target customers that we represent them. So I always look for new plus-size models. And in order for people to submit, they can click on the link Model for Eddie and Bree at the bottom of the homepage on eddieandbree.com. And the name of the boutique is very unique, Eddie and Bree. Is there a meaning behind the name? Yeah, you know, yes, there's a funny story behind it because I wanted it to feel um, collective, like something like, oh, I'm going out with my friends, you know, I want to go shopping with my friends, or, or something where people felt like not, lo- not only are they going to shop, but they're also getting that getting that fashion and styling support. So I wanted it to be Eddie, which is my nickname for Edwina, and something. So I went through everything, Eddie and Lauren, Eddie and Monica, Eddie and Nicole, and I just kind of woke up in the middle of the night, and I was like, oh, Eddie and Bree, and it um, stuck, but coincidentally, it's also a part of my boyfriend's last name, so he helps a lot with the business. And, you know, when we're out, I kind of point to him and I say, oh, he's Bree, you know. so it's... <laughs> Well, that's funny. It worked out perfectly. Right, exactly. So besides uh, running your own boutique, you're also an on-air radio personality. So tell me a, a more about the show that you're on. Sure. So I ho- I'm a co-host for Chocolate Sundays, and we we are also an internet um, radio show and more of a lifestyle sh- show. So we talk about celebrity gossip. We talk about music. You know um, what's in the news for the week, and we air on Sundays from six to eight on In the Mix Two X's Radio dot com. And I co-host with uh, Mike who owns Bigger and Better Things, which is a party promotion company for plus-size people in New York where they will have a comfortable place to party, and he's had a lot of success with those parties. So we co-host the show together, and we also have a DJ, DJ Knuckles, and, you know, he's traveled all around the world DJing for various artists and acts, and we have such a great time, and we've been on the air for a year and a half, and so we're looking to implementing some new things for 2012 and just growing the brand and continuing to have fun. So you're usually in the the seat being the host. How does it feel being interviewed today? You know, it feels weird, but (laughs) trying to get, you know, more used to it. I'm usually the one asking all the hard questions, but, you know, it it feels good to to be able to talk about what I'm doing and so people get a different side of, of, you know, what I'm about. So I really appreciate the opportunity. And so do you have anything else coming up we can be on the lookout for? I see you do a lot of events. Yes. Yes, I definitely. That's definitely been a, a strategy for building the brand and trying to get the name out there. Especially being that a lot of women are uncomfortable with um, just women. Period. Not even you know, it's not even limited to plus size women, but mm-hmm. a lot of women are uncomfortable with shopping online. And so, since I'm solely online, I like to do the event so people can touch and feel the clothing, and you know that makes them a lot more comfortable with ordering. Um, and I like to, to interact with the customers. So. The events definitely work out, but next week I'll be heading to Boston for this magnifique uh, show, and um, you can find out information about that on our Facebook fan page and or, or on um, Say Magnifique's Facebook fan page. <laughs> and um, also, you know, I have a lot of other events coming up next month. We'll be in Chicago at the Dangerous Curves Ahead Tour. Um, 
So, yeah, those are kind of the biggest ones. And when I see you at um, in Baltimore for Curves Rock Weekend? Oh, yes, yes, that's in July. I'll definitely be there. Um, you know, you, people will see me around at Full Figure Fashion Week as well. So, you know, I try to stay as relevant as possible and, and stay interacting so to know what people want and what they're looking for so that, you know, Eddie and Bree can help them with that. So I'll be around. Sounds good. So tell us your official website where we can find the latest in plus-size fashion. Sure. So the official website is www.eddieandbree.com, E-D-D-Y-A-N-D-B-R-I.com. We're also on Twitter at Eddie and Bree, E-D-D-Y-A-N-D-B-R-I, and on Facebook. So like our page, follow us on Twitter, and if there's ever, you know, I like to encourage people if there's ever anything they're looking for or have questions about sizing or fit or styling, definitely reach out because, you know, I like to be very interactive with our customers. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm definitely going to be uh, purchasing some items from you really soon because you got a lot of cute things. Awesome. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Continue success. Thank you. Bye-bye. So last but definitely not least on the show is Popra. Everyone knows Popra as the big girl from VH1's I Want to Work for Diddy Season 1 and 2. But what many are starting to find out is that she's quite the businesswoman and up-and-coming TV mogul, too. She's been producing and directing other reality shows, helping others get deals with their shows and have her own show coming out, and she's developing her own television channel. And on top of all that, she owns a makeup line and clothing line and, of course, continues to give back with all of her charitable endeavors. So let's welcome the one and only and my friend to the show, Popra, and of course, Popra has not caught in yet. She, she had a prior interview uh, right before mine. So, in the meantime, while we're waiting for Popra to call in, don't forget that Plus Model Radio is now on Twitter. So make sure you add us on Twitter at Plus Model Radio, and definitely uh, tell all of your friends to follow us on Twitter as well as like us on Facebook at plusmodelradio.com. And also make sure you follow and like Plus Model Magazine because we are the official podcast for Plus Model Magazine. So Popra should be on in one minute. And I have a message coming through. That's not her. So um, Popra is going to come on the show to talk about her Mother's Day promotion that's coming on. And I don't know if you've already seen her tweeting and Facebooking about it, but she's going to come on and give us a little bit about, uh, a little bit more information about this Mother's Day promotion she has going on where you can enter uh, your mom and have the opportunity to win $1,000 for Mother's Day and Top. Here she is. Hey, Popra. Hey, what's up, you guys? Hi. I was doing a little fill-in because you hadn't called in yet. 
But it's all good. It's 35. It's just 35. I know. I was a little early. I was two minutes early. But it's all oh, good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so first off, let's talk about all of the television projects you have going on. Is there anything you can talk about and tell us? Yeah, um, wow, I'm so excited. Well, one of the things is is that I have, um, I don't know if most people know, but, you know, outside of being in front of the camera, uh, my degree is in television and radio, and I've been producing TV for, wow, like over 15, almost 20 years now. Um, I had my own talk show before that most, a lot of people probably have seen on YouTube called Keep It Real. It was actually um, on UPN, which I executive produced and produced and hosted, and then, um, I had another show that aired on the CW. Um, this is in Atlanta, of course, um, called Dig It or Diss It. So I've been kind of waiting for the opportunity over the years, you know, to kind of leverage that history as a producer, director, into what I have been doing most more recently as talent. And um, I've recently got an opportunity um, over the course of, like, this last year and a half since people haven't seen me on TV, I've been producing a lot of other people's reality shows and their pilots and trying to help other people get deals for their reality TV shows. And I'm pretty darn good at that. I mean, I know reality TV. I know what makes good TV, obviously, and um, have been able to really help a lot of people, you know, get their stuff together. So recently I got a deal for 10 shows where um, I can help other people have distribution if they already have shows in the can. Mm -hmm. And so um, that includes some of my own shows. So one show that I had that I've been waiting to get out forever and was waiting for my contract to end with VH1 so I could finally get this out there was called Big Girls Need Love Too, which is a dating show, and a whole bunch of guys, you know, kind of fighting and vying for my love, and um, it is a good show. So we're in um, post-production editing for that right now. That show has been shot. And... um what else? So that show's going to air. But also, um, if anybody else out there, because, you know, I'm always about trying to empower other people, if anybody else out there has a web series, um, a TV show already shot, um, or a, you know, reality show, or even a film, a feature film, not a short film, but an entire feature film, you know, make sure you guys hit me up because certainly um, I have a slot for 10 shows to actually be aired. And this would be for digital distribution, which includes, like, um, video on demand, pay-per-view, um, and, um, you know, some of your, your web platforms like Hulu and Boxy and stuff like that. But it's a great opportunity because TV is really going to the web now anyway, so most of your TV shows actually ended up on the Internet, and, you know, it's taken over. So I'm really excited about that for myself, my own projects, and to help other people who have been trying to get on. And I always get questions about I uploaded the pics of me and you from the VH1 pilot, and that that was like an, another show. That wasn't Big Girls Need Love too, but that was a second thing. So is that like another plus-size show in the works, too, or that's kind of on hold for now? Um, I would say that's on hold for now because that was actually a different project that I was developing just for VH1 as opposed to a show that you know, I was going to do whether they were involved or not. Um, and they haven't really quite decided what they want to do with that. Um, it's interesting, though. I'm excited about, and this is for my big girls out there, you know, make sure that when you see, you know, your your, your fellow plus-size women, you know, doing these television and film projects that we really, really show our support because it is so, so difficult to get the networks to respect and take us seriously as a demographic, although it's so absurd because – the big girls I know are the most gregarious, outgoing, um, 
some of the most talented and just ambitious women that I know. And it's absurd to me that they don't recognize the buying power we represent. We are consumers in every sense of the word, and I mean figuratively, physically, you know, and um and just in, in every way, and um, but they still sometimes do not see us as a viable market. Like, that's why I'm so proud of my girl, Tiana Smalls, you know, from VH1, from the Love Chili Show, you know, who's been doing her books. I want you all to support her on that. Um, Tanisha from Bad Girls Club, you know, Tanisha went on to host um, a lot of other shows with Oxygen and now has her own show that I was supposed to go on and get a chance to, um, to fly out to New York for, but I'm so excited for her, called Tanisha Gets Married. And, um, that's oh, I didn't even know about that. On. I don't know. I don't know her. Do a big up Tanisha, the one who's be like, pop off some, pop off. I didn't pop watch off. that show, so you're going to have to introduce me to her because I don't know. Yeah, you should interview her for real. Yeah, she's good people. She's really a sweetheart. She's a lot like me. She's very outspoken. She tell it like it is, but then she'll give you her last, you know. And But now she has her own show called Tanisha Gets Married. And um, it's a whole show about her. And, you know, I just have to give her props for that because, you know, she she beat me to the punch as far as really being, you know, a plus-size person on a reality show to be able to get the network to support her having her own lane. And now that show is on. And I really hope that show does well for her, not just for her, which, of course, I want, but also for all of us who, you know, want to be taken seriously and don't always want to just have to be some skinny person sidekick, you know, or just the butt of the jokes or the funny person, you know. Why can't we have projects that are really about, you know, what's happening in our lives? So, um, yeah, so I say that to say, you know, when mine comes out, big girls need love too. Y'all better be down. You better hold it down for me. Support, tweet, Facebook, let the world know. Um, so more of us, because we, we're talented people, and we, we're good. And I'm so happy, you know, I have to shout, like, the, the prosecutor for the Trayvon Martin case. You know what I'm saying? She's a big girl. I don't know if you saw me Facebooking about that. Right. I just love my big women. And, you know, to me, no matter what size I am at the moment, I'll be a big girl at heart. So, um, you know, and I think that speaks that speaks volumes because, um, you know, we definitely are people who have learned to build our reputation and build our um you know, our success on who we are, what we do, what our talents and skill sets are, and not what is stereotypically beautiful. And I think that means, you know, we really had to work extra hard, and that's why we turn out to be the kind of women that we are. Now, what about some of your other projects? What's the latest with Image Cosmetics? Do you have any model searches coming up soon? We just, it's so funny, we just wrapped on the model search for Image Cosmetics, um, one of my clients, um, Jessica Rich, who's also a VH1 talent, she has a new clothing clothing line called, coming out called Rich Bitch. Um, and um, so we did a talent, uh, a model search for her line, and it was, you know, co-sponsored by Image Cosmetics. So that just wrapped like a month ago. And um, right now I'm focused on this Hairfinity promotion that is really, really like a major project to me. So Image Cosmetics is still going strong. Um and then, of course, you know, I helped launch a new clothing line called Secrets Couture. Mm-hmm. Um, Secrets includes not only, you know, women um, clothing for, you know, your typical standard size women, the ones that they call average, um, size zero up to size 12 and 14, but we are expanding that particular company to include plus-size clothes. And I'm just taking my time with that aspect of the expansion because it's so important to me that it's affordable quality clothing for the plus-size woman because it's hard for us to find cute stuff. And a lot of the designers, you know, keep sending me flowers. And I'm like, you know, we wear more than flowers. We wear more than black. 
and everything doesn't have to look like a moo dress grandma wears. So until y'all bring me something fly, I'm not feeling it. I'm not putting it out. So anyway, working on that. Um, but I think the last thing, you know, was this promotion I'm doing for Hairfinity, um, which I'm so excited about. It's a great – you want to talk about now, that? Before you get into the details, tell me a little bit about Hair Infinity because I wasn't familiar with this company. Okay. It's not Hair Infinity, but it's Hairfinity. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's H-A-I-R-F-I-N-I-T-Y, Hairfinity. And um, it's an amazing product. I mean, I can say that because I just started using it, but I also can say that because prior to even agreeing to work with them, I did some research on them and found that thousands and thousands of people um, have used that product over the last five years. It's an all-natural hair, skin, and nail vitamin. But what it's kind of been praised for mostly is the fact that um, it's helping people's hair grow. So, like, if you're one of those people and you're like, I don't understand, you know, I think I'm taking care of my hair, but it just won't grow. You're like, your growth is stunted. Um, apparently this product is just has the ingredients, and it's all natural, of course, that stimulates hair growth. And I don't care if you wear a, wear, wear a wig or a weave or whatever, we still need to be taking care of our own natural hair. If you got damage, you know, your hair from perms and um, colors and hat styling and blow dries and curling irons and hot combs and, you know, flat irons and all that stuff, apparently Hairfinity is really um, the answer and um, I'm actually will be producing their infomercial in a couple months. Um, right now we are casting for that, as a matter of fact, for people who are L.A.-based who will try the product for 60 to 90 days and then will document the length of their hair and the condition of their hair prior to shooting the infomercial because I want real stories. I want to see it for myself. Mm. And then um, when they get to the end of that study, then we'll actually show their testimonials and their results from that product on the infomercial. But meanwhile, they are supporting this other thing that I was very passionate about, which is the Mother's Day promotion. Now, why was doing a Mother's Day contest so close to your heart? Well, a lot of people know, but I guess some of you guys don't, that my mom passed when I was only 16 years old, and I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Um, so I grew up pretty much, you know, most of my teen to mature adult life without a mother. I mean, there have been people, you know, who have been motherly to me, but I never really had a substitute mom or really one person that has been a mom to me. And it's just really, really hard. Like when I see you and your mom, which your mom is so amazing and so supportive of everything you do, I just want to adopt her for myself. I like, <laughs> I just attach to everybody else's mom. I know it's like, you know, just just something that's just organic for me. And so when I see people who are close to their mom, I respect that. I value that. I don't envy that in terms of, you know, being a hater or jealous, but right. I value that and, and I can appreciate how wonderful that is, and I do miss that. So Mother's Day has always been a tough holiday for me. Father's Day, too, because my father died four months later, but that's a whole other story. Mm. Um, and they were very young. They were very young. They were only like 34, 35 years old. My mother out of nowhere, had a blood clot on her lung. She didn't drink. She didn't smoke. She was like a size 18, so not morbidly obese, but, you know, heavy set. But what I really think was the cause of her death um, had something to do with those shots that they give women who have really bad menstrual cycles, and it's supposed to um, stop your cycle mm-hmm. because she ended up with these blood clots. So I have to say, ladies, please, you know, be very careful. 
when you take all of these things that are like um, birth control pills, because her, her people told me never to go on birth control for that reason. So I've always used condoms for pregnancy issues because my my mom, you know, their their doctor told me never to go on birth control pills or to these, these hormone-related treatments because they can cause, cause blood clots. So when you guys hear them list all these, um, possible side effects of all these medicines they try to prescribe to women, mm-hmm. and they say could cause blood, blood clots. Yes, it's possible, so please be aware. But, yeah, she had a blood clot on her lung, mm-hmm. and they thought they could deal with it, and um, she didn't last probably more than a week. So that was tragic. And um, so, you know, just all my life I haven't really had a mom, and I had to learn, like, you know, all the things that you learn from your mom on my own, you know, with boys and sex. and So a lot of stuff you had to learn the hard way. Girl, I'm talking about super hard way. Really, really had to learn the hard way. And um, then what really got to me more recently that made me say I got to do something now is I have um, an associate whose daughter is in L.A. now, and um, she asked me to kind of look out for her while this girl is here. Mm-hmm. And make a long story short, you know, they have the mom, the, the young, the young when well, your daughter's like 16 to 25, I guess, and they think, you know, they know everything, they feel in themselves or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they have that battle. And I, I relate to that because my memories of my mom were me going, you know, I was already in college when I was 16 because I skipped a grade and I was, my birthday's late. So I was already in college when she died in my first year. But, you know, we had gone through that battle of, you know, you don't tell me what to do or stop calling me. You know, it's embarrassing. My friends, you know, going to think I'm, you know, I'm lame because you keep calling. So, you know, we go through that period where we just don't appreciate our mom. We take her for granted. And I see this happening with this young girl and her mom. And I know a lot of other women I know who have teen daughters to young adult daughters go through that phase. I have relatives who go through that where girls just, you know, they think they're grown and they don't respect their mom. They talk back. They curse them. Some of them have even, you know, been physical with their own mothers. And I try to tell them, like, dude, you just don't realize how lucky you are to have your mom. And I envy you for having that. And you cannot do that. So I just thought, you know what, since this company is open to some creative ideas for me because I'm handling a lot of their marketing, you know, I wanted to do something to me that would, of course, attract their female, the female demographic that they want to target with their product, but then do something meaningful, and then it just happened organically, like Mother's Day was coming up, and I'm irritated with these young girls who are hot mess and don't respect their moms, or people who just don't appreciate their moms, and the way men treat you has a lot to do with how their relationship was with their mom, and it just all lined up where I'm like, you know what, this year my mission is to make everybody be aware that Mother's Day is coming, and you need to do everything you can to show your mother you love her because you have no idea when that day is coming and she will not be around. And it might be closer than you think, God forbid, but it could happen to anybody because I never thought my mom would be gone at age 34. So that's what it's about. It's really just me trying to love everybody else's mom because I ain't got my mom to love. So how can you enter the contest? What do you have to do? It's so easy. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to buy any products or anything. Just go to www.hairfinity, H-A-I-R-F-I-N-I-T-Y, hairfinity.com, and there's a link right at the top of their website that says enter or click here to enter the Mom Awards. And all you do is you can upload a picture of your mom and write, like, a little brief statement about why you think she's the greatest. And the prizes are the bomb because – um, one, of course, I know everybody needs cash. 
So, right. so Grandpa's Randy is going to get $1,000 cash from Hairfinity. It's their money. They're paying it. Um, but then also some great prizes from my companies, like Image Cosmetics, we're giving like $250 of free makeup to the grand prize winner, and also a $100 gift certificate from the Clothing Line Secrets Tour. Uh, Reach Around Radio is um, going to interview the mom on the radio after she's announced as the winner, you know, to find out what she's going to do with the money and how she feels about winning, let her do her shout-outs and stuff like that. And all this month, as we get closer and closer to Mother's Day, I'm just going to keep adding more and more to the prize package. And then I've even just added a second and a third place winner because the stories, oh, my God, when y'all go to the website and read, like, the stories of how people are, like, honoring their moms. Like, I read some this morning. It just made me tearful because I didn't even realize that doing this, I was going to feel so much love from this website of nothing but stories about people talking about, you know, because it doesn't have to be your biological mom. It can be somebody who was a mom to you. Some of it is moms just acknowledging themselves who talking about their their trials and their struggles and how much they love their kids. Then there's people who, like husbands, nominating the mother of their children and baby daddies. So it's just like, no, however you connect to mom, whether you're the mom, you know a great mom, someone's been a mom to you, or it's your mom, Please just submit them or let them submit for the mom awards, the mother awards, and um, they can win these great prizes. Second and third place winners are winning great prizes too, um, makeup and clothes, and now we're working on stuff from um, floral companies. And just I'm just going to keep adding to it. Like when it's all said and done, this package is going to be ridiculous because the more people hear about it, the more people want to get involved and support it. So I'm excited. And once again, www.hairfinity.com. Click on that link and enter somebody now that you love and who's a great mom. And we should point out that to enter, it says write something 600 words or less. Because when I saw it, I was hooked on the 600 words, but emphasis on or less. Yeah, you can write a couple sentences, you can write a whole paragraph, you can write a page. We just didn't want more than, more than 600 words because people was writing, like, book reports on their mother. You know, well, in 1962, you know, they were telling everybody's life story. And we just kind of want to get to the gist of, you know, what makes that mom so amazing? Why do you think she deserves it? So it can be, you know, as short as you want, but you can elaborate up to 600 words and just upload her picture, you know. And don't upload a picture of something like random like a tree or, the, you know, the ocean view from her house. Like we want to see who is this woman. It doesn't matter if other people are in the picture, as long as you have their permission, but we it do want to see the mom being nominated. Oh, not professional at all. It could be candid. It could be, you know, 84 at her prom. We don't care, just, you know, as long as we want to see a human in the photo. Um, so that we know who the mom is, because people are voting for them. And make sure you, once you submit her, you know, you solicit and tell your friends, your relatives, your church members, and your sorority sisters, and whoever else is in your life, to just click there and vote for your mom, because it's funny. Like, with the model searches, more people vote for each other, mm-hmm. but I'm finding because maybe because there's a lot of money on the line, <laughs> people ain't really voting for each other. Like, I feel all the love from the people who submit me to other and the love from the mothers. But I'm finding that everybody's going to be on their own in terms of soliciting their vote, you know, because I guess, you know, people looking at it as competition, like, I want my mama to win, so they're not really voting for each other's mom. So um, right. go hard for your mama. The winner will be determined by who gets the most votes on the website. It's a combination. Um, they'll narrow it down to, like, maybe, like, the top 
five finalists based on, you know, people who are really going hard for votes, you know, based on when they come in the competition, because we can clearly see if you've been in the competition for 30 days, and that, well, that's why you got 3,000 votes, or you just got in a week before because you just heard about it, but you got 400 votes. You know, we can, they're monitoring that, um, so it's really based on kind of a percentage of your efforts. And then they look at, they're considering the story. So votes are not the deciding factor, but they are considered. Like, if your mom has zero votes but you submitted her, you know, we know you ain't trying to make her win because, you didn't even vote for yourself, or she didn't even vote for herself. So, you know, it's just being, you know, it's kind of a collective of all those factors, you know, the votes, um, the story, and, um, you know, a little bit about that, that background of, of who, who she is and, you know, why she needs the money and, and how, you know, it may be spent. And so do you have anything else coming up we can be on the lookout for? Um, um, wow, ain't that enough? No. No, <laughs> um, Thank you, though. I know you're just giving me opportunity to, to blab. Um, just follow me on Twitter, at Popra. That's the at symbol, and the P-O-P-R-A-H, because y'all know I go hard. Um, I'm I'm really, you know, staying on my, my – trying to stay on my Christian swag right now. Um, God has been really working hard on me, so I'm very excited about that. I felt like I came to Hollywood for a reason because it's Holly Hell, and um, people really off the chain out here, and I just really want to – be more on that track of setting a good example. Just something, you know, I'm not all churchy and, you know, sanctified, you know, trying to be holier than thou by any means, but I really have been trying to really focus on my one-on-one relationship with God, and I think it's really been reflected in all the favor that I'm getting, like blessings and opportunities just dropping out of nowhere, and I only have to grind this hard no more um, to create the opportunity, I have to grind to keep them and to, to bring them to fruition, but I don't have to work as hard to get the opportunities because I'm just under this favor now that I don't think I've ever experienced to this level before. And I know that's because, you know, I'm really just trying to live right and do what I feel like my purpose is and why God put me in the first place. And it feels so good. So uh, follow me on Twitter, at Popra. You can hit me on Facebook, Popra, host actress. Um, I'm just riding for my girls, my big girls out there. I love y'all, and let's let's definitely, you know, not hate on each other. Know that your blessings are your blessings. No one can take them from you, so there's no reason to want to, you know, subtract from anybody else because God will add to you if you add um, to what he wants you to do. So that's, that's about it. Well, that's right. You know, I definitely support everything that you do. I and... love you, too, girl. I love you. <laughs> And what's the website, one more time, to enter the Mother's Day contest? Yes, www.hairfinity.com, H-A-I-R-F-I-N-I-T-Y, hairfinity.com. Put hair, invite it, it'll probably come up. I mean, this company's been around five years, and um, it's a growing company and a reputable brand and a great product. And um, I don't know who knows, I might be going all natural soon is the way I'm hearing that it works. So you'll see. Um, but hairfinity.com. Well, all right. Well, thank you for being on the show, and I know I'll be talking to you soon. All right, girl. Thank you guys so much. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. And thank you to all of my fabulous guests this evening. Tune in next week, and we'll have more plus industry professionals with stories to not only inspire you, but to keep you connected with the Curvy community. If you're interested in advertising on our show or being a guest, visit the website at plusmodelradio.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to join our fan page on Facebook at facebook.com slash plusmodelradio. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter 
at Plus Model Radio. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. And until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.